Okay, with Aiden Byrne, The Hunter's Exchange is the short film. It's an action film. It played at the Action Adventure Film Festival with experimental elements I want, I want to add. It's got a, it's black and white. It's really kind of interesting. The interesting thing about your film is that it's black and white, right? But you kind of have a very visual, color, colorful poster of your film. Yeah, the, um, the premise was kind of born from just experimenting um, with different ways that a lightsaber could look as I was just playing around in After Effects. And I wanted to really draw attention to um, this premise, which makes the film different from, I think, what we've seen in other, in other sci-fi films with laser swords, which is that there's a very distinct individual connection that every every warrior or every user has with their weapon, with their little crystal. Um, so I wanted to really draw attention to the very specific color palettes of each individual lightsaber or laser sword um, while keeping everything else, the environment, the, the world monochromatic or just tinted. Um, so there is an allusion to a vibrant a very vibrant, colorful realm of magic that exists in a completely different spectrum from that of our material world, uh, which is why in the film as well, I make a distinction to make the world black and white, but we see the colors really pop out when the lightsabers yeah. are on screen. So, so yeah, the contrast of, the, yeah, the contrast of black and white aesthetic black and white characters black and white background and then the the colorfulness of the i'm being layman's terms right the colorfulness yeah. of of the, of the lightsabers and that kind of that contrast shines the the lightsaber shine because of that i guess right yeah yeah you really get to see um how how different the lightsabers play into this this world as opposed to everything else you know everything else the the actors are black and white everything's cast in this black and white but then out of nowhere mm -hmm. you see this element that's very surreal and fantastical and it's just brimming with with light and color um so i was i was trying to go for that anyway i think it i think it worked out pretty nicely yeah so a black and white film that's very colorful that's the, that's the, that's how I'd pitch your project. Yeah, that that was the that was what uh that was the sort of pitch that I sold myself on when I decided to uh, go ahead and make this thing, and uh, I'm happy with how it turned out. Very happy. So, are you a are you a Star Wars fan? Oh, absolutely, immensely. They were <laughs> such um they were such a cornerstone of my childhood. I've probably seen the prequel films in particular well over a dozen times um my first or second uh movie theater experience was revenge of the sith and it was a very bold film in the way they navigate uh the moral the moral gray areas of this war in this very sci-fi fantasy world and that just had such a huge impact on the way I perceive ethics in not, I mean, not just life, but in, in movies in general. Um, a lot of the, 
more more interesting parts of the Star Wars films, in my opinion, are when they deviate from the sort of cookie cutter black and white good versus evil and really get into the moral complexities of, you know, in Return of the you Jedi, are. when when Luke gives into the dark side and that's how he's able to beat Vader and he looks at his, you know, his chopped off robotic hand and he's like, not only looking at, and as he's looking at the hand, he's re-examining himself. And those uh, sort of points from a story perspective are what really impacted me for those films, but also lightsabers are just cool. They're like the coolest thing ever. Um, it's such an iconic weapon and I had these props for a while. I've got one right here, actually. I think this is the one I used in the movie. I got these, um, just to play around with and cause like I said, like I'm a huge nerd. Like I just, I just love it so much. I was like, I need one of these things. I could just like whip around. And my brother <laughs> came up to me and he's like, why are you not making a movie with this? You're a film major. Like you went to school to do this and I was like oh my god you're so right this is this makes insanely good sense so then the trick was you know do I want to make just a cool like Star Wars fan film that could be in the world of Star Wars or could it be in a completely different world where you have these very familiar looking iconic weapons but throw so a McGregor spin on them that could yeah that could bring something new for people to dig into so McGregor Burton, I'm assuming that's you, you, you. The two of you are are acting in the film. I'm assuming that that's your brother. Yeah. So so Mac and I, we we acted in it. Um, this was made in the pandemic, so it was very hard to get actors together, not just um, to shoot a scene together, but for an action scene, you need the uh, you need actors to be in the same space uh for multiple periods of time for long durations and that's just something that wasn't feasible at the time this was shot so we talked long and hard about this and said listen if we have to make this the best move you know financially and feasibly is to just you know do this ourselves and get people behind the camera who we really trust and who are who we could be on the same page with uh, which is where That's the rest of the crew, Tristan Wilkinson, Tarek Jad, uh, those guys are superstars as well. They really made the whole thing come together as well. Um, Mac and I were living uh, at home together so we could rehearse any choreography just on a whim whenever any of us had the time. And that was one of the key factors in making this come together was like just real guerrilla tactic uh, filmmaking, just like, listen, like, just grab what we have here right now and just run with that. You know, anyone can make uh, a great film with just a camera and a tripod, really. Um, if you if you have the drive and if you want it enough, you can make it. So you're uh, you said you're a filmmaker. Where did you go to school? Uh, I majored in film at uh, Humber's. Uh, film school in the Lakeshore campus, which was an honors bachelor. Uh, it was a four-year program. And um, that's where I met um, some of my crew, some of my best friends went there. Um, Tristan Wilkinson is also major uh, in the same program as I am. He was in my year. Um, Tarek Jad went to the North Campus program, 
uh, which was mm-hmm. a three-year program, but I met him through someone else, um, evidently. So, um, yeah, I went to school for that. It was, it was fun. Um, I would, I would definitely recommend film school for the networking purposes, you know, like people go to school to find their people. So if you know, like I did when I was like 14 or 15, that making movies is what I wanted to do. I was like, all right, well, am I going to go to school for anything else? I don't think so. Like I want to find my people and, uh, and, and make stuff with those guys. And that was a great experience for, for that purpose. Um, yeah, would recommend. And you, uh, you work in the industry now, correct? I have been working in the industry now. Um, the strikes have lifted, so hopefully I can get onto some more sets as like a script supervisor or something like that. Um, working a couple different jobs right now, just just for money. But um, you know, um, I'm happy that the sag after strike and the writer strike have come to a close where things can start opening up. I know people who are in uh, IATSE who are really excited to get back to work. They, they have like shows ready to ready to get the role on already. So that's, it's very exciting. Um, I'm hoping to see where I end up now that the work has, now that the floodgates have started to open once again. Um, so it's, it's very exciting. Yeah. I love, I love being on a set and I can't wait to get back on, Onto some more. Everybody's motivated, right? Like uh, from the studios, they want to make some money. And yeah. Indians, right? DGC, Atsi, Navad in, in Canada. And uh, some good crews in Toronto, right? So it's uh, it's good. Like you can learn a lot from being on those sets. Yeah. Toronto and Mississauga are, um, or maybe not so much Mississauga, but Toronto for sure. Uh, there's a lot of work. Um we filmed the boys in Toronto. I I've met a lot of people who have been on like uh, the season three set and like, that's great. Um, a lot of shows, I believe the handmaid's tale was also filmed in certain parts of Toronto. Uh, so there's definitely, so there's definitely work here. Um, you know, I'm crossing my fingers for like the boys season five. All right. I know, I think season four is rat shooting, but if season five rolls around, I'm going to keep my eyes open for that one because that shows some it's some good stuff, man. Um, yeah, you're a fanboy, I guess, right? You like you like the like you like the comic book and uh, sci-fi genre. One would assume. Yeah, I think everyone. I think everyone loves them on some level. I think when you're a kid, those are <laughs> it's a bold the, statement. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, I think when you're a kid, um, those are the characters that are not only the most have the most accessible stories to uh, a, a young mind and a young audience. But um, I think as you grow older, you can start to find more and more things that you can identify with those characters. Like Spider-Man to me is a character that only gets more relatable as you get older, when you realize he's a guy who's like everyone else who has so many things on the go and he has to make sacrifices in one aspect of his life to service the other or vice versa and you feel the weight of those actions you 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 know you see him run into his friends and he's like where were you like that was a big moment for me i needed you there and he's like sorry i was busy being spider-man and obviously no one can stick to walls or you know throw a punch that's like has like a thousand newtons of force behind it 
but I think people can identify with those very human traits of these larger than life characters that make people feel empowered and feel like they can achieve greater things as well. And that applies to anything that exists within the sci-fi fantasy genre. Lord of the Rings as well, I'd say, has a lot of uh, great characters. I mean, Aragorn and Boromir are like definitive definitive characters for me as like people who you can really dig into and see what's going on with them and, you know, realize their struggles and really identify with what's happening with them. Uh, mm -hmm. Spider-Man I love as well. I was as talking I to a guy. I was talking to a guy yesterday and he basically, uh, he lives in Albuquerque, New Mexico. In his backyard, he has what's the what? Are, sorry, I apologize. The Lord of the Rings, Frodo, and what are they called? What are they? Oh yeah, their... Frodo and Sam. Yeah, yeah, the ones who. What are uh, they? They're they're what's their what's their hobbits? So he has a hobbit. Sorry, I apologize. He has a hobbit. Um, he made a hobbit uh, house in his backyard. Really? You can see it online and everything. He's wow. got a whole website about it. And basically, it's like you go. That's where he did the podcast, and you go inside the hobbit house, and it's all like. Just like Lord of the Rings, it's like it's like it's like he, it's a whole thing in his house, and like wow. he's in his like early fifties, right? So like he he basically like loves that's how much he loved Lord of the Rings. So it's like it crosses generations for sure. That was the point I was trying to make. But it was really cool to see like his in uh, his passion. And he made a Star Wars fan film. That's why I was talking to him that we showed at the festival. So oh yeah, it's like it's like it's like this is yeah this is this is what. This is like I said, like you're you're in your early twenties and he's in his fifties, but you guys have a lot in common, right? So, yeah, it's crazy. I think that's what's also very. I think that's what also separates something from like the superhero genre that has kind of been the craze for the past decade, and something like Star Wars or Lord of the Rings. You know, there's not really any. There's almost a timeless aspect of the the world of these films where sure. you can just focus on the, the the focus is really on the characters even though we have spaceships today um star wars is is the the world is built on the technology of the future um but what you're really invested in is luke skywalker and han solo and all these characters and i think that's that larger than life aspect is what makes it timeless and that's why people will be able to identify with those films years and years for now, not so uh, not, which isn't to say that it's not the case for other films like, you know, past lives, which came out recently, which is a, an amazing film or parasite or Schindler's list, all these like great films. Oh, I mean, Schindler's yeah. list is a period piece. Uh, you could say, I was gonna say you, you leave from 2019 to 1992. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But and those films are very and and those films are more rooted in um, the time which they were made, which I ultimately think is a good thing. Um, I think inevitably all art is a product of its time. I don't think it I don't think it can help being that way. Um, but I think that's the beauty of watching a film in 1970s versus watching a film today or even you know, something like the Three Stooges, which was produced in the 30s, could tell the you could watch that. And with the historical context of, you know, the Great Depression, you could see the the influences in the stories that are being told, 
even though what you're watching on screen is just like the best slapstick of all time. Yeah. It's very yeah, interesting. There, there's three guys trying to hustle in the in the in very yeah, they're hustlers. Like That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. The original hustlers. Yeah. yeah. You got to move past the sexisms. <laughs> Very yeah, in those, yeah, those yeah. Episodes, right? that's the one caveat of going a certain a certain ways back in time is some aspects do not age as gracefully as others, but um, still yeah. worth still worth the watch. For sure. It's good to hear that from someone your age that you don't want to cancel the three stooges because of uh, some <laughs> subtle sexism moments, right? You never, gotta take it for what it is. Never, right? not in not in my life, no. So yeah, okay. So you're doing all this stuff. So you're gonna are you in the process of making another film right now? Like, what's your, what are you doing next? I think what's next for me is another screenplay, uh, another script. Um, well, it's funny. I didn't have a script for uh, the Hunters Exchange. The storyboards were more the script, um, trying to convey as much uh, visually in every single frame and shot as possible which was the challenge I wanted to give myself. But um, I think for my next endeavor, I want to try submitting some screen uh, scripts into festivals. Uh, one of the great things about uh, the film freeway process and experience was just discovering yeah. how many different uh, festivals there are and how they specialize in different things. And I didn't realize that screenplay competitions were were a thing you could just submit scripts without producing them um and i think i'm geared more towards honing my craft as a writer at this time so it would be nice to submit just a screenplay to some festivals and get some feedback that way um hopefully if there's any cash prizes involved i could you know could could help alleviate the uh the funding for product producing those those scripts um so i think that's what's next in store for me my next my next project will likely be a screenplay uh first and then think uh you know talk about production later well the, my suggestion to you would be would be uh it's basically get it's about feedback it's like getting good, good solid feedback from people in the industry so you can kind of hone your craft right so yeah 100 percent. yeah that's the real that's the real value I, i'm looking for in these festivals um not just with the future endeavors but even even with this as well like the feedback video um that you threw together for us was absolutely incredible. I, I I can't thank you enough for that. Um, it seems like those those uh, viewers enjoyed the screening, so I'm happy about that. And uh, the feedback was incredible. Uh, thank you so much. So what did what did you uh, what did like so what did you, did you get any, any interesting insights from that or the main thing I was sort of looking for? Excuse me. Oh, I gotta take a little gulp here. <laughs> I think the main thing I was worried about is not just the fact that my film was experimental, but the fact that there is no dialogue uh, in the piece. Um, I knew that the real draw would would be, you know, this new lore behind the lightsabers and the fact that it yeah. would be presented in the form of a fight scene. And People don't really talk during fight scenes. They're 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 more just interested in 
beating the other person up. So I thought reasonably there might not be any dialogue. There's no reason for characters to explain to each other how things work. Um, it seems that they have a firm grasp on that already. So what I was worried about is how people will perceive everything that's happening in the film and if they will understand the ideas that I've been trying to communicate strictly through the visuals and the relationships between the shots. And I was very thankful and, and very relieved to find that um, it seemed that a lot of people were able to uh, pick up what I was laying down, essentially. Um, with that last sequence in particular, um, when I have the second crystal or the second lightsaber and I make another sort of pact with it, um, you know, yeah. essentially, essentially this, uh, the lightsaber crystals can grant you certain affinities. If you give something in return, um, some, sometimes it could be a small price if it's a small return and sometimes it's a bigger price. And, um, essentially I, my character basically used both of his crystals, uh, to operate as a horcrux of sorts where he stored his life force in the crystal so that his body could sustain any and all fatal wounds. And that yeah. was a big, uh, that was, it's a, it's a very big plot point that I tried to emphasize heavily on like, all right, people need to know that this is what's going on. And if they don't know what's going on, then the whole movie just kind of falls apart. But it seemed like, uh, people were able to understand that. So, um, was very thankful for that for that feedback um you know that's that was like the main concern for me and you know people liked the the black and white and color aspect they yeah. thought that was really cool so i was like oh thank god they think that's cool too like because i also think it's cool i'm glad everyone agrees so it's so cool that you and your brother like it's COVID's happening you're, you're with your parents and your parents are like, oh, look at our sons. They're downstairs playing with their swords. <laughs> yeah. Right? Doing, and you guys did. You, you guys got stuff done. You made a film. Yeah. We're, we're doing the exact same thing we did when we were when I was seven years old. We just like uh, we just took a camera in front of ourselves and did it instead. I think yeah. it's it's very um, it's very almost fitting that um, the premise of my my festival directorial debut is so tied with uh, a sort of uh, a story that I identify with my childhood. Yeah, that's that's me. Um, there's some neighbors doing some yard work. Um, but I think it's cool that, you know, or almost fitting in a way that we've come full circle where I watched all these Star Wars films as a kid. And now I'm making my first ever film my festival debut film with my brother who i also who also shares that love with me who shares these you know these memories in the same home as me uh making a film with lightsabers doing the same thing we were doing when we were kids it's it's uh yeah. it's all coming together so um very fitting very very happy with the result and very thankful for the people who have not only helped promote the film like like yourself but you know the cast and crew who came together and helped actually just produce it and 
made sure that it got uh got from the start to the finish yeah we we finally well, congratulations did. yeah congratulations it's done and you got now you got a festival run and basically yeah now you got to make more films now that's the next thing you just you're just starting out now the hard work begins you got to start making more yeah movies. now now it's now it's time to really buckle down yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah can't wait all right man well let's talk again when you make your next film yes absolutely action yeah action adventure festival 2024 2025 <laughs> we'll see you again matthew thank you so much man thank you again this thank is you. this has been a real treat one two three four five